The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out a bad city, broken ain't a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad actors, bad taste, bad luck, bad dude, bad bread, bad attitude, bad vibes. You gotta love it as we hit it up on a pod Wednesday. Everybody's getting it, and they dig it, and they want more of it, so I give it to them. You want it, you get it. So, I gotta start off by... Talking about the Westminster Dog Show. I'm confused by the whole thing. I'm thrown off by it. I'm not sure that I like it. And I'm not sure that I approve of it. I don't know if you saw this, but you had to have, right? If you watch television, if you turn on a TV, if you have a pulse, and you're like watching the news or anything, you're going to see these... Westminster results because everyone just can't get enough of it. They can't stop showing the dogs. They can't stop showing the Westminster dogs every year. They cram it down our throats. Now listen, I love dogs. I have a dog. I have a dog that's a leader of old dogs. He's a champion of dogs. He's a dog that will bite your face off. He's a dog that will bite your arm off like a German shepherd at a police academy. You know, the guy with the big outfit on with pillows and like leather and then the dog is unleashed and then the dog attacks the guy in the uniform out in the middle of the field and tears his arm off. I have a dog like that, a Cujo-type dog. My dog's name is Boston, and he is something else. I mean to tell you, this dog means business. He's a 120-pound dog that will run you over. This dog will destroy you. This dog does not like people that it does not know. If the dog knows you, the dog likes you. If the dog likes you, the dog will love you. But if the dog does not know you and is unaware of you, you are not safe. 
if you come to my house unannounced and you are not known, you will be dealt with accordingly. This dog will ruin lives and tear your every limb off. He is awesome. My dog eats twice a day, and when he eats, if you go near the dog when he eats, he will kill you dead. The dog has bones. If you go near one of the dog's bones, you will not see the light of day the following day. If you go near the dog when he has a towel, the dog is obsessed with towels. The dog walks around with a towel in its mouth all day, crumpled up as though it were a duck. It's like a retriever dog. I have a golden retriever, but he's big. He's bigger than most dogs. The bottom line is there was a situation where I think the mother had a bad situation develop with another breed. In other words, I think a Rottweiler or a dog that is vicious, it's like a pit bull. Like the pit bull attacked the Rottweiler or the retriever and then the dog got pregnant and then my dog came out. In other words, I think it's a crossbreed. I think the dog has been messed with chemically and crossbred to develop these horrible, vicious tendencies. Everyone that knows my dog knows not to mess with the dog. Mafia knows. Do not mess with this dog. Mafia has spent more time with the dog than anyone. Mafia has babysat the dog. When I go on vacation, I need someone to watch the dog because the dog will not stay at a kennel. If a dog is taken to the kennel, like my dog, it will eat all the other dogs. And my dog will eat the guy that runs the kennel. My dog will attack the owner of the kennel, the guy running the kennel, the guy cleaning the kennel, and all of the dogs in the kennel. My dog, when it goes to a dog spa, whatever you want to call it, a doggy hotel, my dog gets infections in his ears and eyes. My dog gets so mad that he's at the dog <laughs> hotel that he gets bloody eyes and bloody ears and he develops a fungus <laughs> and then when the dog has a fungus it gets sick and when the dog gets sick the dog becomes a terrorist the dog will take over your life and ruin your life and the dog costs tons of money The dog cost me more money than children, and I'm not kidding. The dog cost me upwards of 20 grand a year just to maintain. The dog has a doctor bill that's enormous. The dog goes to the dog hospital frequently for shots because the dog has allergies. And if the dog has allergies that makes him itch, the dog will chew off its own limbs. The dog will lick and chew his paws until they bleed. He will chew them until there is no paw left and there's no hair and there's only raw, bloody, pussy skin. 
And this is a problem. We cannot have this problem. So thus, Mafia watches the dog. The dog stays at the house like a king. The dog sleeps on sofas and on our beds. The dog will not take no for an answer. The dog will not listen to anyone telling it to get off the sofa or the bed. The dog has been trained. The dog still says, Pharrell, you, if you try to get the dog to move off of a comfortable sofa or bed. If you go to tell the dog to get off of the bed, the dog will growl at you. When the dog growls at you, you have been warned. You will be warned only once. The dog will give you a warning, and if you disobey the warning, you will be dealt with accordingly. The dog does not lose. The dog runs the roost. The dog always gets his way, and if you try to deny the dog of his way, you will also be dealt with accordingly. So, back to the Westminster Dog Show. I do not understand why they do this to these dogs. You cannot tell me that the dogs are happy. I will never believe that a dog is happy that looks like Siba, the standard poodle that won the best in show. For some reason, they gave this dog the win. Obviously, the dog was incredible. Obviously, the dog had his swerve on. Obviously, the dog would walk fast and run fast and had perfect timing and everything else with his fat owner. You know, the fat owner being the chick that runs with the dog. The dog has a handler. The handler runs with the dog. The handler shows off the dog. The handler puts the dog through its paces. The dog has to go through several categories of being judged by the judges at the garden and in New York. It is a gigantic event. The Westminster Dog Show draws massive amounts of people. People love the dog show. But I do not understand anyone that believes that that poodle is good looking. That poodle is a femme. That poodle has giant, I don't even know what they are, hairballs around its feet. The dog has a haircut that is embarrassing. The dog does not want to be cut that way. It has a giant bouffant on its head. The dog has a gigantic afro. The dog has long ears that they have let go, and they also are a giant afro. It has afros around its ankles. The dog has giant afro balls around its ankles, and it looks funny. The dog has its legs shaved completely to the bone and then has giant dog balls on its ankles. This dog looks ridiculous. And the dog knows, Siba, that it looks ridiculous. How do you let someone cut you like that? How do you let someone take you to a barber and actually shave your legs, shave your entire body, and then leave you with giant afros on your head and your feet? The dog had gigantic hair afro balls on its ankles, all four legs, and an afro on its head the size of Texas. The handler said when the dog won the championship that she was going to give the dog chicken. 
the dog would be rewarded with chicken. The dog was on camera and looked into the lens as if to say, someone help me. Please get me the Pharrell out of here. I am living in hell. I hate this fat chick. I hate her. I hate doing this. I hate everything about it. The only thing good about this entire festivity is being in New York City with a chance to escape and run away. I do not want to be involved in this. They gave me truck flaps for ears. The dog has gigantic truck flaps for ears. It is not normal to make a dog look like this. Anyone that does this to a dog should be beaten up. I think the handler should be beaten up by people. People should beat her up because she is mean to the dog. The dog is shaved and treated as though it is a object that needs to perform in front of people so that the handler can win awards and win trophies and then in the end give the dog a piece of chicken. This has to suck for the dog. The reserve best in show winner was a dog named Bourbon, a Whippet, and it was a Greyhound. The dog was completely shaved, and it was a hound. I don't care. The dog looked like it wanted to be at the racetrack. The dog did not want to be at the horse and pony show. The dog did not want the handler with the penny loafers on and the black stockings running the dog around, making the dog look foolish, yanking on its leash around its neck, treating the dog like a dog. The dog wants to be left alone. The dog wants to be fed. The dog wants to lick his onions. The dog wants to lick his ass. The dog is not interested in hanging out with fat chicks with a leash, dragging them around Madison Square Garden. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. 
because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The winner of the toy group was a Havanese named Bono. He won the award and looked like a dog with very long hair from the top of its head all the way to the ground. It had not had a haircut in over a year. You couldn't even see the dog's face. It just was a long, shaggy dog named Bono that they called the Havanese. And when the dog won, everyone got very excited and screamed and yelled. But I could not see the dog's face, which is a problem. The dog was the number one dog in the country last year. A lot of people thought the dog would win best of show a year ago. It did not win. Then this year it came back to win the toy group. How ridiculous that they call dogs toys. This is scary. I have no idea what's going on here and it's very troubling to me. They said that the dog always looks perfect. When they walk the dog, the Havanese, the dog is smiling. It appears that the dog likes to smile when it shows off. What it's really saying is, I hate my life and I don't want to be here at all. And I hate all of these people. And I hate the play-by-play announcer and his color analyst. She makes me sick. That's what the dog is actually saying. I can tell because I can understand dogs when they're trying to speak to me. I'm like that guy, Dr. Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle can talk to animals, just like Pharrell can talk to animals. I could tell that the Havanese was miserable and wanted to eat food and to go out in the backyard and drop a yam. Dogs like to cable. People like to cable. I like to cable. Dogs do not want to be led around and put on a stage and given little teeny biscuits. Dogs do not want little teeny biscuits. Dogs want giant pieces of beef. And the lady that said that she was going to give the SIBA winner poodle a piece of chicken, she sucks too. Dogs don't want a piece of chicken. They want the entire bird. (laughs) They want the entire turkey. The dog wants to devour as many turkeys as possible. In fact, the dog wants to eat live turkeys and kill them. The dog that won the herding group was number four a year ago. Conrad, the Shetland Sheepdog, got the final win of the night and was very excited and did 360 spin around moves and again was rewarded by the owner giving him a little teeny biscuit. What could be worse? I want to get laid when I win a championship. I want to get some leg. I want to be fed steaks and gigantic meals and then a huge dessert. What does the dog get that wins? He gets to spin around and do a little more performing because the owner is selfish. And then the owner gives the dog a tiny biscuit. I want the owner to get slapped in the face. They had a really cool golden retriever named Daniel that did very well. Also a boxer, Wilma. 
on back-to-back years has won the working group championship. The dog is a repeat winner. Very popular in the terrier group. Vinny was the winner. The Fox Terrier wins the seventh and final group of the best of show. But the dog was funky looking. I have no idea what was wrong with the dog, but it had a giant beard. And his snout was completely shaved. His body was completely shaved. But they left a long beard on the dog's face that made the dog look ridiculous. It looked like the dog had a hairy nose and the rest of his body had no hair on it. So I hated Vinny, the fox terrier. He looked pathetic. I don't understand the names of the dogs. Winners by breed. The Afghan hounds. Fifth dimension of Sura. The American English coon hounds. Triple edge tests. The American foxhound. Lexington queen. The basset hounds. The Sanchu poppycock. What could be worse than being called poppycock? Beagles not exceeding 13 inches. A time to dream. Beagles over 13 inches. Tam O'Shanter. Black and tan coon hounds. Southern Bell. Bloodhounds. Dance with me. Blue tick coon hounds. One hail of a man. Unbelievable. Who would name their dog that? Bourgeois. The wild rumpus. <laughs> then another dog. The Del Etna. Arizoe. The Dachshunds. Then you've got Druid Fluid. What could be worse? Also, the Smooth Dachshund. I Kissed a Girl. The Wire Hair Dachshund. Pink Diamond. English Foxhounds. Waterford. The Grand Basset. I have no idea. The dog was named Ice Queen. <laughs> Greyhounds. Fashion Divine. Who in their right mind would name their dog Fashion Divine? You have to have a demented family to name your dog that. You're not allowed to call your dog Fashion Divine. Harriers. I've never heard of a Harrier, but the dog's name is Tell Me No Tales. And the Abizen Hounds. Yogurt. What could be worse than calling your dog Yogurt? Irish Wolfhounds. Grain of Eagle. The Norwegian Elk Hound. Vanguard. I had an IRA with Vanguard. Otterhounds, the Lone Ranger, the Griffins, not my circus, the Feral Hounds, Ricochet. That's kind of a cool name when you think about it. The Coon Hounds, Redbone Style, Despicable Me, the Ridgebacks. They named the dog Ignite the Light, the Salukis, Rhythm of My Heart. Unbelievable. The Deerhound, Scottish Deerhound, Cosmopolitan. That's a drink where I come from or the name of a casino. And then the Treeing Walker Coon Hounds, War Paint and the Whippets, Kentucky Bourbon. I mean, it is unbelievable. Where do they come up with this stuff? The Toy Dog Names, Kazari, Highview, Inclusive, Kai Panda, Sanchi, Adair, Name of Love, <laughs> Espionage, Sunsprite Rose, oh my God, Wasabi, I like putting Wasabi on my sushi, I just wanted to say that, uh, Palms Aaron, Copenhagen, that's the name of a country, <laughs> 
Taxi Bobby. Who names their dog Taxi? That's what I want to know. And then another guy named his Yorkshire Terrier Mini Cooper. I suppose that's kind of cool. Another name, Tundra, Cambridge, Pisco Bowl, Crown Jewel, The Game Changer, Glory Fox. How about Glory Hole? Glory Hole is better (laughs) than Glory Fox. Star Coach. Here's another one. I'm sexy and I know it. I'm too sexy for my name. Too sexy for myself. Too sexy for show. I'm too sexy for Milan. Tokyo, Japan. What else? Order in the court. The dog has been in a tremendous amount of trouble with the dog courts and has served time for multiple felonies. Also, got your six at Roman Reign. That's a long name for a dog. How about Barefoot Bandit? Run Afternoon Tea. Can Sing. Blue Bloody Royalty by Design. Unbelievable. Message in a Bottle. Paint by Numbers. Lady Liberty. The dog must be from New York. I cannot keep track of all these dog names. Kiriko's Rockstar. Carter's Creek. I'll Be Damned. Field of Gold. You know what? They should use some of these names for horse racing. You know what I mean? Or the trotters. We're at the race book every day. Why not name some of these dogs into horse names? You know what I'm saying? Way out west. Moonlight Drive. A million reasons. That's exactly what they've done now. I figured it out. They're all horse racing names. Flash Storm. Harley DeHammert. I have no idea what that means. Here's one. Haywire and Deep Harbor love that dirty water. (laughs) How can you possibly have that on a dog leash? You know, the little thing around the dog's neck. If the dog gets lost, they usually use a chip now embedded in the dog to see if the dog has run away that you can find the dog at a later date. But someone could actually put this on the name of a dog leash. Haywire and Deep Harbor love that dirty water. That is too long. They should be fined for having a name of a dog that long. Sun Devil King of the Crossroads is another name that's too long. Dreamcatcher. Someone has already used that name multiple times. You should not be allowed to steal other people's names that have been used before. How about Holly Hunt, Not By Chance? Or Sweetwood's Knave of Hearts? I love having a sweet wood. Paradise Island Breeze. That is the name of a cocktail when you go on vacation in the Caribbean. I mean, this is unbelievable. Where do they come up with this stuff? I can't even keep track of this stuff. It's so unbelievable. Here's one. Do Roland Strudel. Do you like eating strudel? No. Do dogs like being called strudel? No. (laughs) There is no way. Silverback's Wind of Fate. Oh, this is unbelievable. A new hope. I have hope. I'll tell you what the dog's hope is, is that the owner dies and that the dog can run away and finally live its life. Here's one, Long Grove, St. Louis. Is that named after the city of St. Louis or the St. Louis Blues? Maybe the St. Louis Cardinals. I have no idea. Quintessential zillion to one. I need odds like that, a zillion to one, that pay off. Guardian Spirit is the name of another dog. Polar Mist, kick up the party. Chris Country, poker face. I mean, this is unbelievable. I cannot even tell you. I want to puke. I honestly want to puke. Daredevil with tails up. 
tails up. The dog's tail's up because it wants to have sex with the other dogs. The dog is horny when its tail is up. Or the dog is mad when its tail is up. They come to New York every year. They take over the garden. Tons of people go to the garden to watch the dog show. I actually had a friend that I know from college that goes to the Westminster dog show every year. How embarrassing is that? What do you do in your life when you end up at the same thing every year looking at dogs running around that don't want to be led around or run around? And then they give them ribbons and biscuits. They do not give them gigantic turkeys or birds or steaks or free nookie. The dogs want to get some action. They want to smell other dogs' butts and they're not allowed to because they have to be perfect. It's all very disappointing. I am not impressed with the poodle that won best of show because he has puffy hair ankles. (laughs) No one wants puffy hair, hairy ankles. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Is there anything worse than college coaches or even pro coaches in basketball or football that lie about jobs? When they lie about they're staying, they're not interested in the job offer, they're not going anywhere, uh, they like where they are, they're comfortable, everything's good. It's like the whole Matt Rule thing. You remember Matt Rule at Waco at Baylor and he was never going to leave Waco. His family was happy and there was no reason to leave. He had a great situation with the Bears and he thought it was fantastic and his kids loved it there and there was absolutely nothing that could get him detached from Waco and the fans and the university until... The owner of the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, Tepper, a billionaire, offered him seven years and $62 million. He also got a $2.5 million signing bonus in addition to incentives for team goals such as winning seasons, playoff wins, and Super Bowls. The guy is making an absolute fortune. He signed that deal. The Panthers paid $6 million as a buyout to Baylor as part of the deal. With incentives, it's a $70 million deal. Why wouldn't he leave? Why wouldn't he lie to everyone at Baylor, which is exactly what he did. He lied to the school. He lied to his players. He lied to the media. He probably lied to himself. Now we have another situation with another liar, Mel Tucker. The guy is getting the job in Michigan State. He was at Colorado just the other day on Saturday, going back to last weekend. He said in a tweet, quote, while I am flattered to be considered for the head coaching job at Michigan State, I am committed to Colorado Buffs football for The hashtag, the build of our program, it's great athletes, coaches, and supporters. Hashtag, unfinished business. Hashtag, go buffs. We are hashtag, relentless. 
Hashtag culture. Hashtag the build. You have got to be kidding me. The sources say Tucker was hesitant to leave Colorado after only one season as the Buffalo's coach and attended an event with Colorado donors earlier this week in Denver. But Michigan State offered more resources. What resources mean in Portuguese is more money. I was told that Tucker, who went 5-7 and seven at Colorado, was making around $2.7 million, and that he would be paid double that to go to Michigan State. The guy is going to make a boatload of money, over $5 million to coach the crappy Spartans. He replaces Mark D'Antonio, who announced his retirement last week after 13 seasons at Michigan State. He was 114 and 57 with the Spartans winning or sharing three Big Ten championships and reaching the college football playoff in 2015. He left as Michigan State's all-time winningest coach, but is also facing a lawsuit from a former recruiting director who alleges that D'Antonio committed multiple violations at Michigan State. The Spartans interviewed Cincinnati coach Luke Fickle last weekend, but Fickle decided to remain with the Bearcats. Pitt coach Pat Narduzzi, a longtime Michigan State assistant under D'Antonio, also opted to keep his job at Pitt. Niners defensive coordinator Robert Saleh, another former Michigan State assistant, and Iowa State coach Matt Campbell also declined to pursue the Spartans' job. Tucker is from Cleveland. He played defensive back at Wisconsin. Began his coaching career at Michigan State as a grad assistant for Nick Saban in 97. He was a defensive coordinator for three NFL teams and served as the Jaguars interim head coach in 2011, going 2-3. Worked alongside D'Antonio at Ohio State from 2001 to 2003 and held coordinator jobs at Ohio State and Georgia before landing his first head coaching job at Colorado. He went 5-7, and seven, like I said. And he finished with the nation's number 34 recruiting class last week when signings took place. We also know now that Mel is a liar. Mel told everyone he wasn't leaving. Mel told everyone he would never leave. Mel told everyone how he was committed to the buffs to build the program and all the great athletes, the coaches, the supporters, the fans. The boosters, the alum, everyone. He told them all. And then he went out and recruited and signed all these players only to lie and screw them all over. That's exactly what he did. He makes me sick to my stomach. I hope he loses at Michigan State for the first five years that he's making all of that money to get even with him for lying to everyone. There is no integrity. There is no character. There is no teacher. There is no leader of men. Liar is what they are. They are all liars. And the king of the liars is Nick Saban. Remember the Dolphins coach being denied, being interested in, or being a candidate for the job at Alabama so many times, everyone lost count. But then no one believed him. And then he took the Alabama job. Of course he took the Alabama job. Who wouldn't have taken the Alabama job after he had that terrible job in Miami losing with the Dolphins? It was a suicide mission. Do you remember Butch Davis? He wasn't leaving the Miami Hurricanes for the Cleveland Browns job until he did. Tommy Tuberville told Mississippi fans the only way he'd leave the school in Oxford was, quote, in a pine box, end quote, before he left 
for Auburn a few days later. The guy said you'd have to take him out in a casket before he would leave, but he left days later. He, Tommy Tuberville, also a liar. Louisville's Bobby Petrino denied a meeting with Auburn that did take place. He's a liar. The next year, he signed a contract extension and said, quote, this is the place I want to be, end quote. He interviewed with LSU within a week of that statement. He is a scummy liar. Dennis Franchione convinces his players to stay at Alabama after enduring NCAA sanctions. Then he bolted for Texas A&M after two years on the job. They are all liars. Saban said, I'm not going to be the Alabama coach, end quote. Then he became the Alabama head coach. He's been the Alabama head coach ever since. At one point when the media asked Saban about taking the job, he said, quote, I'm not talking about any of that stuff, and I'd appreciate the courtesy of not being asked, end quote. Good luck. We're going to ask those types of questions for the remainder of time, the remainder of existence on this earth. You will be asked questions because you're all a bunch of liars. According to a professor of psychology at Rutgers and a team psychologist in the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball, this shrink said, quote, part of the psychology and sociology of coaches is that it is a chess game. Fans have seen it so many times. They say that it's just part of the game. Days after Boston College coach Tom O'Brien released a statement saying, quote, I'm not a candidate for any job, end quote. He was named the coach at North Carolina State. Tom O'Brien is a liar. Then you had Dennis Erickson accepting a job at Idaho, saying he'd only leave if he retired. Then a couple of weeks later, he went to Arizona State. Dennis Erickson, a champion at Miami, also a liar. West Virginia coach Rich Rodriguez, upset about reports that he was headed to Alabama, called a radio talk show and said he planned to spend the entire rest of his career at West Virginia. Days later, he mulled a job offer from Alabama. He ultimately turned it down. We know what happened to Rich Rod. He's had 10 jobs since. I remember seeing a list of coaches that should be in the NFL that were in college. The highest rated coaches that should have bolted for the NFL. Brian Kelly of Notre Dame. He is still at Notre Dame. Jim Mora. He was at UCLA and they all thought he should be in the NFL. Now he's a television analyst. He's not coaching. Will Muschamp was at Florida when everyone said he should be in the NFL. Now he's losing at South Carolina. David Shaw is supposed to be in the NFL. He's still sitting at Stanford. Bob Stoops is supposed to be in the NFL. He's coaching in the XFL. And Kevin Sumlin, he's supposed to be coaching in the NFL. Remember when he was at Texas A&M? He was a hot commodity. Then he went to Arizona and doesn't matter at all. Do you remember when John Calipari was at Memphis? I mean, it happens in everything, college hoops, you name it. Memphis landed at the airport after its Sweet 16 loss in the 2009 NCAA tournament. Calipari was asked about the opening at Kentucky, which had fired Billy Gillespie after missing the tournament for the first time since 91. And Calipari told the press, quote, I want to be here. This is where I want to coach, end quote. Three days later... Calipari accepted the head coaching job at Kentucky. Thus, we already know Calipari is a liar as well. 
Former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian was in his fifth year as head coach of Washington when USC fired Lane Kiffin in the middle of the 2013 season. And, of course, Sarkeesian had been an assistant at USC under Pete Carroll. When his name was mentioned as a candidate to replace Kevin, Sarkeesian made it clear he had no intention of leaving the Huskies ever. USC is a good place, he said. Don't get me wrong. I had a wonderful time there. But, man, we are doing something special here, he told a radio show. And, quote, it's been taking up four and a half years to build this thing up the right way. Sarkeesian also said he wanted to stay at Washington longer than Don James, who coached the Huskies for 18 seasons. Before Washington's ball game that year, Sarkeesian had taken the USC job. Thus, we know Steve Sarkeesian is a liar. Do you remember Todd Graham? After winning at least 10 games three times in four seasons at Tulsa, Todd Graham went to Pitt to replace the fired Dave Wanstead in 2011. After a 6-6 six and six season, three of Graham's assistants left to take jobs elsewhere. Graham labeled the departed coaches as, quote, nothing but mercenaries, end quote. Two weeks later, Graham was off to Arizona State for his fourth head coaching job in seven seasons. Graham entered his fourth season with the Sun Devils at the time, but his name had been tied to multiple openings, including Florida and Texas. One thing I know, you cannot trust Todd Graham. He also is a liar. It's simple. It's not about lying. It's not about commitment. It's not about, you know, loyalty to where you are. It's about money. If someone offers you a ton of money, you take it. If someone offers you double your salary to coach somewhere else, you take it. Always follow the money and know that everyone lies. People will do anything to make more money. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. How about the NFL? They reinstated Miles Garrett two days after the Brown Star met with Roger Goodell. That meeting must have gone well. Garrett was suspended indefinitely. If you remember, after ripping the helmet off Mason Rudolph of the Steelers, smashing him in the head with it on November 14th, despite an appeal in which Garrett accused Randolph inciting him with a racial slur that never happened, according to Rudolph and everyone else that played in the game that was out there. No one backed Garrett on the racial slur line. The suspension was upheld, and Garrett missed the last six games of the season. We welcome Miles back to our organization with open arms, according to the Browns' new young GM, Andrew Barry, who's the youngest GM in football. He said, quote, we know he is grateful to be reinstated, eager to put the past behind him and continue to evolve and grow as a leader. We look forward to having his strong, positive presence back as a teammate, player and person in our community, end quote. As long as Garrett's not going around beating the crap out of people with helmets or attacking people or solving his problems with violence. I don't know if anybody saw the story about the blues defenseman Jay Bomeister. He was taken to a hospital after he had like a cardiac episode on the bench during a game against the Ducks at the Pond in Anaheim going back to Tuesday night. 
So the Blues GM, Doug Armstrong, said, thankfully, with the quick response of our medical trainers, Anaheim medical trainers and their team physicians, they were able to stabilize Jay. He was conscious and alert and undergoing testing in Anaheim. So um, they postponed the game. The guy slumped over with 7.50 left in the first period. They're going to make the game up on another date. Bowmeister's 36. He had done a one-minute, 20-second shift and did not appear to have absorbed any big hits or contact to his head. He appeared to be grabbing a drink of water when he began to fall. A teammate, Vince Dunn, started shouting and waving for trainers to assist. He was taken off the bench, and the game was stopped. Both teams went back to the locker rooms, and the game was called off a few minutes later. With the game tied at one, players from both teams met for hugs and well wishes after changing out of their gear. The Blues were supposed to fly to Las Vegas after the game, but the team stayed in Orange County overnight. He was skating Bo Meester in his 57th game of the season. He was on the ice for five and a half minutes of the game. His father was at the game as part of the team's dad's trip. Jeez, what could be worse? All the dads were there, and they saw this guy collapse on the bench. Bo Meester's dad was there. Guy ranked second among active defensemen in his 17th season. He's played over 1,200 games, trailing only Zdeno Chara. He's fourth overall behind Marlowe and Thornton in games played. He's from Edmonton. He was a junior hockey star and the third overall pick in the 2002 NHL draft by the Florida Panthers. He began his career in Florida after spending four years in Calgary. He's been on the Blues roster since... 2012-13, it was part of the franchise's first Stanley Cup winning team last year. He's held one of the longest Ironman streaks in history with 737 consecutive regular season games played until a injury in 2014. He missed time in 2015-16 with a concussion and a hip injury ended his 17-18 season. He played all but four games last season and hasn't missed a game this year. It's unbelievable. The most recent player to collapse on an NHL bench was Dallas Stars forward Rich Peverly in 2014. He had an irregular heartbeat, and the quick response of emergency officials ensured he was okay. The NHL has pages of uh, emergency medical standards that spell out in specific detail that at least two doctors must be in attendance for every game and one must be within 50 feet of the bench. A defibrillator, which was used when... Detroit's Yuri Fisher collapse in 05 must be available along with a triage room and ambulances. So at least they were able to make sure nothing bad happened to Bowmeister. And it looks like, you don't know yet officially, but it looks like they saved his life or if he had some close encounter on that bench that he could have died or whatever. They actually saved him. So great job by all to make sure that that didn't happen. Uh, But that had to be a scary incident on Tuesday night in Anaheim. I don't know if you saw Zion Williamson play this week, but earlier at home on Bourbon Street, they played, I think it was Tuesday night against the Blazers, and the guy played 28 minutes, and he had 31 points. Only one other guy has scored that many points over minutes played. So in other words, more points than minutes played. Only one guy's ever done it at that level, and it was Michael Jordan. Only two guys have done it. More points than minutes played. And Zion had 31 points in 28 minutes. He was 10 of 17 from the floor. 
He missed one three. He hit 11 of 14 from the line. He had six offensive boards, more offensive boards than defensive boards. He had three D boards, nine boards overall, five dimes, one steal. I'm surprised he didn't have a block. He was a plus 25. The guy did it all in this game. Alley-oop jams. He goes right through his defender. He literally steps on defenders' faces and chests. He loves physical contact. He goes to the rack. He finishes. He scores from everywhere in the block, low post, baseline, under the basket, at the basket, above the basket. He's so strong. He leaps out of the gym. The guy obviously had his knee fixed. Whoever did his knee did a hell of a job because the guy's playing like an absolute monster. And there's just no arguing how good he is. People are already talking about can Zion win rookie of the year despite missing the bulk of the season following the knee surgery. A lot of people think that Ja Morant should be the rookie of the year for the performance that he's put on in Memphis. But now people are clamoring for Zion Williamson to get it. He's been averaging 21 points, 2.3 dimes per game. He's shooting uh, 40% from three. He's shooting 57% from the floor. In his last 10 games, he's averaged 21. At home, he's averaged 22. 7.7 boards, three assists, and almost a block and steal per game. The guy has been unbelievable. In his last five games, going back to the game against Memphis, in which they drilled Ja and the Grizzlies, At home on Bourbon Street, 139-111, he had 24 points and six boards, three dimes. They went to Houston and lost by eight. He had 21-10, a dime, a block, a steal. Tuesday the 4th, they played Milwaukee and lost at home, 120-108. He had 20 points, seven boards, five dimes, and a steal. And then at Chicago, in a win, he had 21, four rebounds, an assist, a block, two steals. The guy is a freak. He did that in 25 minutes. And then the other night, in the win, over the Blazers, the 31-9-5 and five in 28 minutes. In that game, he shot 58%. In the Bulls game, he shot 81% from the floor. In the Bucks game, only 26%. In the Houston game at the Toyota Center, 57% from the floor. In the game against Memphis at home, he shot 60%. I mean, unbelievable. It was a career-high 31 and he's incredible. He had scored 20 or more points in all but two games since making his debut in late January. And he sat out one game with an ankle. And he had a career high for points, free throws made, and field goals made while tying season best figures for assists and free throw attempts. He's been as good as advertised. He's averaged 21, 57% shooting in his first nine games. And he's obviously a huge part of the Pelicans offense. And if Brandon Ingram can't go with an ankle problem, now the bottom line is you get the rock to Zion at all costs. They've won three games in a row. And they're fighting with San Antonio to stay out of last place. But they're still like five games behind Memphis 
in the Southwest. Of course, Houston and Dallas are the top two. Houston leads Dallas by two in that division. And then when you look at the overall standings in the East and West, obviously the Pelicans are finding themselves, you know, the Grizzlies are 13 and a half back in the race from the Lakers at the top spot. Then the Blazers are 16 and a half back. Spurs and Pelicans are 18 games back. I mean, they're winning. They're playing well. They rattle off three straight wins, six of ten. It's nothing to laugh at, so they're getting it done. They're playing better with him in the lineup, and they are more dangerous. But the Grizzlies have been a better team overall, and I have a hard time believing that they're going to blow that last playoff spot. The question is, can they catch Dallas in the seventh spot and Oak City? Because those two are tied nine games back at the Lakers. So I don't know if you saw the story about this radio guy in Portland was bashing basically Myers Leonard. They were going to have him coming back with the Heat, playing the Blazers, and they were going to do a tribute video for Myers Leonard because everybody liked Myers Leonard and what he did for the Blazers when he took on the Warriors in the playoffs. And everybody thought he was a tough grinder and did it all and was a banger and the fans got a kick out of him. But the... Radio host has been critical of Myers through the years, and he bashed him that he didn't deserve a tribute video at the Blazers game and that he had no game and he wasn't any good at all, and he had been bashing him, and then I guess Myers had blocked this radio guy on Twitter years ago. But the guy, he got it from Myers Leonard the other night. He said to the guy, maybe it's time you take a look in the mirror and evaluate your true inner feelings and be happy for someone else. You've always been negative as hell. Get a life, pal. You're a loser and your opinions flat out suck. Have a good night. And I just thought that was absolutely kick ass. You're a loser. And your opinions flat out suck. I love that. That is great. So then the radio host went on the air and said, according to Myers, I need to get alive and my opinions suck. And he said, quote, he's probably right about that. I've tried to tell you for years I do suck at this job and I definitely need to get a life. But it's the life I've chosen. I don't care what the radio host says at all. I only care that Myers Leonard told him he is a loser and has opinions that flat out suck. I love when the players bash back at people that they think suck. Have a lousy day, shake it. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon.